0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, today we're talking about the halachot of brachot. We continue in Birkat, Spirata HaOmer, but specifically it's on Spirata HaOmer, but generally really it applies to many uh, other things that have to uh, come come along with a bracha, whether it's a mitzvah or eating food. We all know that there's three categories in brachot. Barakat ha-mitzvot, barakat ha-nehenin, וbarakat ha ve Three different types of brachot. One is, before you do a mitzvah, you say the bracha. Baruch ata Hashem, Elokeinu maracham, asher kitshanu be-mitzvotav. That is usually the nusach you say before saying a brachah, or before doing a mitzvah. So whenever a person comes to do mitzvah, for instance, mitvah tefillin, Hashem kitcharnu mitzvotav, tivanu laniyot tefillin, liitatev betitzin. it goes along with Hashem be bemitzvotav. Then you have the katan enin. The katan is anything that you enjoy, you benefit. Hashemim told us that asur leadam lenot mina olam azer belo bracha. One is not permitted to benefit from this world without saying a bracha. So bracha is crucial. In order to be able to benefit from anything in this world, and if a person doesn't say bracha, so it's like he's stealing a It's like he's stealing from Hakadosh Baruch It's meila. So chachamim tell us that the two sukim that one says adam. When is it for the people? When is it for Hakadosh uh, Baruch that depends if before Baruch or after after Ha, before a person says Baruch everything belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. La'ashem ha'aretz humloah. But once a person says the then it belongs to him. It's like he acquired it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was Koneh. Now he's permitted to eat from that and benefit from it. But beforehand it wasn't permitted. Ha'aretz It's like a stealing from the, from the thing that he benefited. Now anything that a person benefits wow. in this world he has to say a bracha. Whether it is eating, Mom? whether it is smelling no. something. Are get so get you getting me? Are you burning right now? Mark, you oh? recorded. recording. i take the locket sleep. Whether you are eating whether you're smelling something good or you're, whether you're benefiting in other ways, some things are not deserving of a bracha because the way it's explained in the Rishonim, it has to be something that you bring into your body. That's how the Rashba says. So food, you put into your body uh, and you say a uh, Smell, you smell, it goes into the neshama, the smelling, the gemara says. It benefits, it elevates, it, it gives anah pleasure to the neshama and because of that it's deservant of a bracha. And then you have for that, praising a Kadosh beruchu. Praising Hakadosh Kadosh is something that's not a benefit and not something that's not a mitzvah. For example, if you hear a thunder you say bracha. If you hear uh, uh, if you see the yama gadol, you say bracha. You see uh, you, a person went to the bathroom, he says bracha. And so on and so forth. Those blessings are called Berakot Ashvach ve'Oda, which means those are praises for Hakadosh And you see the words over here would not mean Mashiach Kichanu beMitzvotavet Sivanu. Also, there will be difference in other ways. Do you say the bracha before or do you say the bracha after? In Berakat haMitzvot and Bilkota on and you say the bracha before. The bracha before you name it is because a sur le not men now or amaze the love brachas. You must say bracha before you benefit from the item you eating. Mitzvah. also that's the rule. The rule is mevarich overle asiyatan. First you say the bracha, then you come to do the mitzvah. But when we're dealing with Vilkot shavach veOda. That you you will say the, the the praise after you saw the thing that that you're praising. So you see something that's wonderful, that's very uh, elevating. You'll say the and it's different. Or you or you hear something that such, or as we said before, like the after going to the bathroom. It's after going to the bathroom. Why? Because it's Shavach. So that also, you see other differences between the way it's said according. To uh, the, 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 for the for those that are mitzvot, you'll have to stand when you say the bracha. Why? The says that call ha mitzvot That's uh, right away in the beginning of siman Simanchet on the Shulchan Aruch brings down and the Bet Yosef brings this down from the Yerushalmi, that any birkat mitzvot should be said ba The bracha itself ba Then the mitzvah, is it done Bamida or not? It depends which mitzvah it is. Some mitzvot are done ba Like, la omer that it says ba Bakama ba-kamah, I'll but uh, some mitzvot you'll do sitting down. For instance, the bracha of Tephilin, according to the Kabbalah, the mitzvah should be done Sitting down, you kosher, you tie it around your arm, sitting down. If that's the case, what about the bracha? We also see, the the mitzvah is done sitting down, the bracha would be done sitting down. But these are exceptions to that rule that I just said. But generally, the rule is, because of mitzvot, you'll stand up. Same thing by other things. That it would be the opposite. Bukotanenin, Bukotanenin also has a rule. Whenever you do Bukotanenin, so you say the bracha sitting down over here. The rule is sitting down. So you say uh, bracha on bread. It's much preferable to sit down when you say that bracha, and so on and so forth. Whenever you say Bukotanenin, one should try to be doing it sitting down. Now this is a rule of lechatchila. If a person can't, he can't. It's hard. It's hard, but Really, that's the way it should be done. Then over here, there's different opinions. Lemay say a person could do it either way. And those are differences between those brachot uh, that we found into three different categories. Now, generally, there are a few things that we found that when a person does bracha, he should do. One, for instance, is one should not say the bracha without covering his head. Why not? Because by covering the head, you show in front of a kadosh buhu. You show that a kadosh buhu is elevated. You show that a kadosh buhu is on top of you. And that is the reason we wear the kippah. Some would be machmir to wear even more than a kippah, to wear a hat. So there are uh, uh, people like that that are machmir to wear a hat every time. They'll say ebracha to cover the entire head and to be Omed uh, in front of a Kadosh who with more respect, no, if that's the case, fine. As long as one is covered. But sometimes it's very hard to find a kippah, for example. When a person wakes up in the middle of the night and he doesn't find a kippah, he doesn't know where he put it. Some people sleep with a kippah. But, Tasmidat Chassidut, one doesn't, is not required. He puts the kippah down, and sometimes he gets lost in the blanket, in the dish, he's all tired, he can't move. He's going to the bathroom, and now he has to say the bracha, asher out. So what should he do? He doesn't have the kippah. So one could do uh, other ways. He could put uh, his sleeve on his head. He shouldn't put his hand on his head, because en goof mechaseh goof. You can't use your body to cover your head, but you could extend the sleeve from the pyjama and say the bracha that way, or you could do it in other ways also. The person could uh, take the blanket, for instance, put it on top of his head, or anything else that he sees around uh, in in his uh, bedroom, he can just put over his head and say the bracha. If he has nothing there, so somebody else could use the, his hand to put over uh, the head, which means one person can't cover his own head, it would not be considered a covering. But if he has somebody else that could put his hand over his head, that would be considered a covering. So whenever a person comes to say boha, one needs to keep that in mind that his head, his head has to be covered. Now, when a person says Ebercha, he needs to make sure that his hands are clean, and his mouth is clean. So when a person wakes up in the morning, for instance, the halacha brings down that it says, which means many times a person wakes up in the morning and his mouth is, isn't clean. How is he fooling, filling his mouth with the praise of a the HaKadosh? Therefore, this says, that one should wash his mouth when he wakes up in the morning, that's the correct way to do things. And that would apply also if the person, even in the night, although he doesn't say that about the night, but the idea of a bracha is brought down in few places. Kafah brings down in Timan that it goes on brachot, which means when a person wants to say bracha, a bracha should be said with a mouth that is clean, and that's, if, he, if he feels that his mouth is not clean, he should wash it. Another thing. That is very important that the Shuchanauch brings down, and that is a person needs to be dressed before he says, Ebrachah. That is an important thing because sometimes a person is not dressed. Now, there are times that it's completely meakev uh, to be dressed. One is not allowed at all to do things uh, if he's not completely dressed, and that is before it comes to uh, pray the Shmonese, a person, person pray Shmonese is considered he's stand, standing right now now in front of a king. When you stand in front of a king, you must be fully dressed and properly dressed, which means you can't have uh, your pyjama on. in, And now the people are home. You wake up in the morning and you take it easy. And now you want to pray. So you need to dress or you can just, you know, you're in your pyjama you want to feel comfortable you want to stay comfortable well you're going to start now dressing putting your pants putting a shirt putting pants putting shoes and socks ah you you stay with your pajama you stay with your slippers and that's the way you want to pray that is absolutely not permitted. A person that wants to pray must dress up the same way he would dress if he would have a business meeting. He stands in, in front of a king right now. Okay. If you had a meeting right now with presidents, are you gonna look are you gonna come to the meeting with a pyjama and your slippers? Uh, of course not. Rather, a person would dress up respectfully. Because of that, the one needs to do the same thing when he prays in front of a Kadot That is in Kriyach Munes, the same thing would apply to Bilkat Amazon. When you say saying Kriyachma, there's no requirement to dress up. Because Kriyat you're not talking to Hakadosh Baruch but rather you're talking to yourself. It's Kabbalah or Machut Shamayim. You are right now talking to yourself. Shema Israel, listen, Israel, listen. You're talking to yourself. Listen. Whether you have to listen to be Mekabel or Machut Shamayim to accept Hakadosh Baruch laws and Malchut and/or Machut Shamayim. So that is simply talking to yourself. In that instance, you don't have to dress up. But what about brachot? When a person comes to say Ebracha, should a person dress up when he says Ebracha? Says the Shulchan Aruch in Siman Ain Dalet that a person needs to have his um his his heart not seeing his erva. Always, whenever a person is learning Torah, he's praying, he's saying brachot, you should make sure that his erva, his private part, is not seen. Not only that he's not seen, that's not exposed, but also his heart wouldn't be able to see it. What does that mean? It means that sometimes a person has a robe, for instance. When a person has a robe, he's not exposed. He's completely covered. But at the time that he has a robe, he can't say Ebracha. If His heart is able to see a direct, uh, uh, so to speak, that the heart could see. Uh, from uh, that to the heart, to Makoma Erva. if that's the case, then uh, one is not allowed to say bracha. Because of that, one needs to make a certain hesek, put something in between, like the belt. Or, if he doesn't have a belt, he could, hold, he could hold his hand between his heart and makom erva. He just puts his hand, and that's the way he'll stop it. Over here, the Mishnah Borah says that when one needs to dress, he says the Lashon, that he needs to dress also for berachot. He says and because of that you see clearly that the Mishnah Bura would hold that that applies to Brachot as well. He says like this, A person should not do so even on a regular bracha. So you see there's a certain requirement to look representable even when a person says Brachot, because of that Rabbi Yashif says that let a person is by the uh, by the pool, by the beach, on uh, standing in his backyard, and he just has his shorts on. That's all. And now he wants to say beracha on on the drink that he received. So it's more proper, although it's not completely obligated. But it's more proper to dress up. Let's say he has a robe, so he should put his robe. Then again, doesn't need to be looking as he would be when he has uh, when when he stands in front of a king. But at least he should have that appearance that it's not uh, is not exposed. And again, so there's three levels: the makom is private part exposed, that's not permitted at all. If the heart sees the makom that's not permitted at all. If it doesn't see, let's say just wearing shorts and the shorts have a belt. So then, it's just not proper to say berakhot like this. But if he wants to pray, then definitely that's not also allowed, and one needs to now dress up completely. So this time, this, the name of dressing up completely when a person wants to pray, amida or say berkat amazon, the name that is correct to dress, uh, uh, although he doesn't have to dress like in amida that he has to dress respectfully, but rather a person should dress somewhat. When he says, her, so again, if he's by the pool, he should put a robe. But again, he can't pray with the robe, because it's not. And then you have, the third level, and that is at least that the Makomirva the, the should be covered, and then he could say Braha. He can even say Kriyachma, because again, Kriyachma is not uh, talking to a Kadoshbuch, it's not Komed, Lifnei Hamelech. Now, the sometimes that we said before a person needs to sit down. For instance, if he wants to say amazon, should he should be done sitting down other brachot, it's correct to do sitting down. When we're talking about Omil. that usually also it comes to that question, because when we had the shuls open, so a person would say Sfirat HaOmer, whenever the shul would say, so it would be properly dressed, standing up like everybody, and so on and so forth, everything would be perfect. But now that you're home, you went to bed, all of a sudden... Before you fall asleep, you remember, whoops, I forgot, which is very, very common, because you have nobody to remind you. It's not like in the shul. You finish over it, and you right away say, so now, what do you do? You need to bring all this that we're learning right now, first of all, you have to make sure that you have a head covering. Secondly, you have to make sure that at least you are uh covered erva. And the needs to be covered even more than that. It should be uh covered completely, which means uh, put a robe or pyjama. Pajama is perfect. It's not if you're a you're not praying right now, but that's good. You could you could have your pyjama. But also over here would be a requirement to stand up. Over here a special requirement because Bakama Bakama Khachamin Goresh Bekoma so, a person should stand up and then say, Debracha, and count. Thirdly, you have to make sure your hands are not dirty. That's also halacha that's brought down in the poskim. That one should make sure that his hands are not dirty before he says, Debracha. It's brought down in Kafachayim, Kufta Nulchet, and other places as well, that you you must see that your hands are not dirty when you say the Bocha. Now, normally we say that Stam Yadayim which means if you want to say Bocha, you don't have to go and wash your hands. Some things you must wash your hands before you do, because we need more. The requirement there would be more for different reasons that Chazal established, whether it is for netilat Yadayim uh, for eating, that over there, Chachamimu Mekatken. That stamya daim would be sneot which means since the kohanim have to eat betahara, and we are afraid that when Beta Mikdash will be built and there will be again they would not know how to eat betahara. Because of that, for everybody to do netilat yadayim to keep tahara of the of their daim, and. That is lacha of netilat yadayim. There's also a requirement to do netilat yadayim before a person goes to pray. You stand in front of a kadosh you need to make sure that your hands are clean. But any other place, you don't have an obligation to wash your hands. So if you've decided to eat now the fruit or say bracha over the omer or whatever it is, you don't have to wash your hands. But although you don't have to wash your hands. You have to see that your hands are not dirty. Sometimes a person's hands are dirty, and since it's disrespectful saying a with dirty hands, one makes sure. One must make sure that he cleans his hand. And we, we we mentioned before that one's mouth also has to be clean. It's also the such a category that one needs to make sure that completely is not is not. Uh, it doesn't have bad odor. There are people that have bad odors, and it depends why they have it. Sometimes it's merkev. If a person is just sweaty, sweat itself is not considered reachra. Oni davar hame'opash. This is how the mishabura brings down, which means something that becomes rotten, which means a person that, let's say, was sweaty, but he didn't take a shower after a day, the sweat starts becoming rotten, it has a terrible, terrible smell. It's not anymore a smell of sweat. That is something that is not good, and you sometimes uh, pray in a place that there's, uh, there's people that smell, and they smell. Some people have issues. Some people have different kind of issues that um, the mirror glime comes out, all kind of things like that. If that smells, that's an issue of uh, you're not allowed to pray in such places. So that is something that extends not only to people, it extends to where you're standing as well. If you're standing in a place to pray and uh, there's a garbage there, the garbage smells, that's a problem. Now, again, it depends what it smells. It smells because you just threw in there your food that you just finished eating. The smell is not a rotten smell. That's not a problem. But if you stand outside to pray and uh, you have the garbage there in a summer day, after it's been there for three days cooking in the heat. So that is now not only uh smell of a food, it's smell of a rotten food that was cooking for three days. That's definitely something that's not permitted at all to pray in such a place. That's not okay. I have a person that goes uh that that walks and and and, and all of a sudden smells that he stepped on something that smells red, that's problematic. You can't pray in such a place. Person that is, a, is in a place where there's babies, and the baby is made in their diapers, and it smells. It's a problem. The mother cleaned him, and the whole house smells because of that. It's a problem. So, what do you do? Either you air out the place, you go pray in a different place that doesn't have that bad smell, or you, uh, there's, there's another solution to this, is, and that is if you overdo that smell, which means. You spray the place in such a way that now the smell uh, doesn't, you don't feel the smell anymore. It, it, it's just, uh, it just covered up that bad smell. These are different ways of how to deal with such a thing. Now, this is when we're dealing with brachat uh, generally, of, let's say, over and other things. But there's some things that. You say bracha in front of something that's in front of you, the filin, the talit, or food that's in front of you. When you have such a mitzvah, so you have to have the thing right in front of you. And you can't say the bracha and then go get it. In other words, let's say a person wants to eat an apple. So if the apple is in the fridge, can you just say the bracha and then go to the fridge and grab it? It's not going to take long. It'll take exactly three seconds by the time he gets it, but that's not permitted because it needs to be right away bracha uh, uh, and and uh, thing in front of him in order to say the bracha and should not be any kind of interruption. And not only that, the bracha has to be hal on something that's right there and should not be delayed. That's with an exception of let's say a person that wants to say bracha on water, and he opens the faucet, and the water is running, and he says, and now he puts his mouth to the to the faucet. That is fine, although the water that you said the bracha is not here yet. All the water while you're saying the bracha washes down the drain. And by the time you said the bracha, the water that, that wasn't there in front of you is now coming out. That is something that the Shulchan Aruch in Siman Rashvav brings down, that is permitted, because you meant to save for that. But otherwise, other places, that would not be permitted, like the example of the apple, or any kind of mitzvah. A mitzvah, let's say you have tefillin in front of you. The tzvracha has to be, while the tzvracha is A, in front of you, B, it has to be available to be wrapped right away. So you can not say the bracha, while the tefillin are still in their boxes or in their bag. You must remove the bag, move the box, remove the boxes, put it on your arm and get ready that as soon as you say the bracha la you tie it up around your arm right away. But this is something that has two things. It's, first of all it's a hefsek and one must minimize the hefsek between the eating the bracha and the eating or the bracha and the mitzvah. And secondly, it has to be chal on something. It has, The bracha has to go on something. The thing has to be right here in order to be able to say the bracha. But now, the halacha brings that in Simad Heshavav as well, that when you say bracha, you must hold it in your right hand, unless a person is a lefty. So over here, there's machloket, pshat and kabbalah. According to the pshat, he holds the food, the food. That, let's say he has an apple. He wants to say he holds it with the left hand. Now, according to the mekubalim, he still holds it in the right hand. If, for instance, whatever he's holding, he can't hold with his hand mamash. He has to hold it through a fork, through, uh, let's say he's eating macaroni with ketchup. So he doesn't want to hold it with his hand and get his hand dirty. Fine. So he should get to the macaroni on, in the fork, get it ready. Say the bracha, and eat right away. Same thing with the soup. He puts uh, the, the 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 spoon already inside and gets the water of the soup inside the spoon. Says the and sips it right away. Also, one needs to make sure that whenever he's eating or drinking, it shouldn't be so harsh that the, if if he says the bracha now, it's going to be too late. I found something interesting. What happens if a person says the bracha? And then he has a doubt whether it's permitted to eat what he wants to eat altogether. He's not sure. Let's say he said a bracha on something. And and now he has this effect. When he looks at it, maybe it's not, maybe it's infested. Should he eat Eat that thing, eat a little bit. So, Shabbat Alevi says, whenever you have any kind of doubt, don't worry about the bracha if you said it already. Don't eat something that might be a violation of the halakha in order to save yourself from the borcha. Now, this rule is not something that everybody agrees. That is his opinion. Chacham for instance, says that if a person ate meat and after, let's say, he finished eating meat, he said a borcha on coffee with milk, he forgot. He forgot that he ate meat half hour ago. So yeah, since you're not allowed to drink milk now, but you said the bracha already, so sip a little bit from the coffee with the milk in order to make sure that your bracha is not to be bracha levatela. Why? Because since there's many opinions that hold that once your meal is over, your meat meal is over, now you're allowed to eat. Um, you're allowed to eat milk to drink milk. So we rely on them for the issue of, in order to save ourselves from the issue of bracha levatala. especially that this is a din, de rabanan and bracha levatala, according to Sephardim, is a din, de oraita. But we said before that the Shavet Aleph doesn't hold like that. Shavet Aleph says, even a doubtful halacha, you should not eat or drink and violate something that's doubtful. If that is even better uh, to violate the bracha, to say the bracha, to, to have the bracha not filled, and uh, then to then to violate the the halacha or even doubtful halacha. Now it could be that we spoke in the past that there's a difference in approach over here between tefardim and Ashkenazim. because again the shulchan aruch holds that the bracha haitah, as the rambam brings down, that lo tisaid sham Hashem means bracha as the Gemara brings down, this is how the Rambam holds So therefore the Bracha itself is more strict than violating something that would be the Rabbanan or doubtful the Rabbanan or Rabbanan with a Machloke, it's definitely it's more strict. And according to Ashkenazim, where Rama holds like the Rosh and the Tosfot that we mentioned in Rosh Hashanah, that the Bracha Levatala that learned from Lo Kisa is only a Smachta is only in the Rabbanan and because of that, it's better to let go of that and not violate something that might be a su that you're putting into your body. Same thing would be in any other scenario like that. So when we say barakha, we must make sure that there's nothing in our mouth. Sometimes a person has in the mouth other food that he didn't finish yet. Sometimes a person has gum in his mouth. The bracha should fill out the mouth. If you have something else in the mouth, the bracha would not be filled up, and that's not good. Secondly, when a person says a bracha, he should say it with a a way that he would hear himself. He could whisper, but he must hear himself. He can't say it so low that he doesn't hear himself. Although, if he said it in such a way he'll be yotzeh de bracha. if he said it and something in his mouth he'll be yotzeh de bracha. but that's not the correct way to say de bracha another halacha that the Shuchanov brings down in Rosh Vav is that a person must hold his item of that he says de bracha on. let's say he wants to, he has a food item he must hold it with his right hand as I explained before why is that? In order to have kavanah, that's the way we explained it, and now we explain the reason, in order to have kavanah and chashivut. In order to have kavanah, when he's saying the bracha. in order to have chashivut, or whatever he holds in his right hand has more chashivut. And while a person says the bracha, says the shulchan one is not allowed to do any other act which means one is not allowed to act with a kadosh bruchu bekeri, which means on the way. Rather, it should have chashivu The person should stop and say the bracha without making another action, without making another act. You can't, while you are saying the bracha, be doing other things, looking at your phone, uh, making all kind of kind of signals to your friend, you can't uh, count money, or whatever it is. You can't do anything. The discussion is walking while you're saying a bochai is considered an act. People say that that would be permitted. That's not an act. An act means something that interrupts your mind a little bit, like I said before. But walking is something that would be permitted. So we touched on the basics of the halachot bochot that's nogeah, so many different things in the Torah. Thank you all for being with us tonight, and Bezat Hashem on Tuesday we will continue Be'ezrat Hashem and Chot as well. You should all have a good uh, night, and the, the, the next day you should use Be'ezrat Hashem for Avodat Hashem, for Torah, for Mitzvot, Kadosh uh, Baruch Hu be on Klal Yisrael and take us out of this, very hard situation that we all suck. And bring us out to You've just experienced another Torah class Brought to you by TorahAnytime.com